and everything is so wonderful and great. I congratulated Nick today, and just uh, we're just so proud. And you get a praying family, man. You better watch out because uh, stuff is going to happen, and big, big things happen in a, a godly family. So congratulations, and I can't wait to meet the little guy. Um, I want to uh, say one thing before I get started. Um, the men's conference, I'm telling you, this is going to be a, a life-changing conference. Uh, committed to making a difference, August 9th. And I want all of you men to, to attend, obviously. But I really want to challenge all of you to bring a man with you. Bring someone with you. And uh, I'll tell you, I, God has really gripped me for this, this seminar. This is going to be a life-changing event. And we're going to talk about stuff that's going to change the way you think about your life and where you're going to go come hell or high water, sickness, disease, poverty. I don't care what you're facing. You're going to walk out of there. And I promise you this much. Everybody's going to get a gift. And the gift that you're going to receive, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, will be the greatest asset you will possess. I promise you that. I promise you that. So get a man, grab him, bring him out here for this thing. We're going to eat. We're going to fellowship. And we are going to grab a hold of what I really believe God wants to shape us men into and to become the game changers in this world. I mean, leading our families, leading our church, leading our communities. I mean, becoming who God wants us to be. Amen? All right. So the message tonight is God values humanity, but I also want you to know this message is to you as well. God values you, and he values everybody on the face of the planet. And I mean everybody. I mean the, the crookedest person you could ever meet. God values that person so much that he sent his only begotten son. And there's some pretty heinous things that happen out there, aren't there? Yeah, you've been around a while. Trust me, some bad stuff goes on in this world every day. But I'm telling you, God values every human being, every single one of us. There's a fable that goes like this. There was a scorpion and a frog. Anybody ever heard the scorpion and the frog fable? Well, let me go, let me go after it. I'm going to tell you two different endings because I think it, it, it will help us shape where we're going to go tonight. But there's a scorpion and there's a frog. And the scorpion approaches the frog, and he says, uh, hey, uh, will you give me a ride to the other side of the river? And the frog's going, no, you'll kill me. I mean, you're a scorpion, and you will kill me and eat me. And uh, finally, he, he keeps convincing him. He said, well, why would I kill you? You know, if I kill you halfway, then we'll both drown. He goes, hmm, well, that's a point. So he decides to allow the scorpion to get on his back, and the frog proceeds to swim out across the river. Well, you get the, the first part of the story I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you the story that I want to tell, because I think the fable is a little bit more powerful the other way. But they get out about halfway, and the scorpion stings the, the frog. And the last dying words of the, of the frog was, why did you do that? We're both going to die. He said, well, it's because it's my nature. It's my nature. It was the nature of that scorpion to do what he did, which caused them both to, to die. There's another way to tell that story, that they get to the other side. Scorpion, and and the, the frog is just about to come to shore there, and the scorpion stings him, jumps off his back and jumps on land, looks back, and the, the, the frog says, well, you promised you wouldn't do that. 
And you did. And you said, that's my nature. You see, the devil has a nature that, I mean, he can't even help himself. His nature is to deceive every single person into thinking that in some way you're living your life without meaning and purpose and without the value that God has on your life. Like you're just out there doing your own thing. You're just out there trying to survive. You're out there and you're worried and you're concerned and you're fretting and you don't know how this is going to turn out or how that's going to turn out. But what I want to talk to you tonight about is how much God values you. And his nature is to value you. He, he can't go the other way. He can't do the other thing. And all he wants you to do tonight is to really get a clear understanding of one of two things, because you're in one of two categories, most likely, if this message is to minister to you tonight. The first one would be that you really don't understand how much God values you. And I'm going to give you scripture and verse on all of that. And some people are just so beat up and drugged down and they don't know how they're going to get ahead and they don't understand the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the favor of God. They don't understand these things. And that may be where you're at tonight. You really don't understand that God really values you. But then there's the other side of the coin where you do have an understanding that God values you, but you don't really have the confidence that he's going to be there when you need him. You see, he doesn't just stand up and go, I have value in you, and then just back off. No, his love is extended toward you through a finished work that happened through Jesus Christ. So it's already done. It's already wrapped up. It's already complete in every possible way. But if we're not careful, we won't allow the receiving part of the value that God wants to bring us into our lives. And then again, we're going to have needless suffering in our life. So before I get started, just try to associate yourself with one or maybe both of those categories, and then I really want you to listen to these scriptures tonight, okay? So the, the first scripture I want to open with is probably the one we all have in memory, but it's in Genesis 127, and it says, so God created human beings. Raise your hand if you're a human being. Praise the Lord. Everybody in the room is a human being. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created the human beings, both male and female. Now, if I make something, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care about it. I, I, I'm really going to, like my sons, right? I mean, I, it wouldn't matter what happened in their lives. This guy? is going to be in their corner. This guy is going to show up. This guy is going to bring every resource he has to the table to make sure that that person succeeds. I'm going to do that. And listen, as much as I would want to do that and I would do that, it's nothing as compared to what God has already has in store for you. It, it's not even like it has to be made. It's already laid up in heaven, compartmentalized. It just says, what is the meaning of your life, man or, man or woman? And whatever the meaning of your life is, if it can contributes to good for all of humanity, I will give you anything you ask for to make sure that that's going to happen in your life. 
This is the kind of God that you serve. You're creating his image and in his likeness. So he has empowered you with his dunamis power. I mean limitless power to overcome every single obstacle you will ever face in your life. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You are. Psalms 139, 13 through 18. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship. Now, I, I might be good at what I do. You might be good at what you do. But God is great at what he does. And he says, your workmanship, he's talking to God, is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark womb. You saw me before I was even born. Every day of my life was pre-recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed in my life. How precious are your thoughts about me. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You still chose me, God. All the stuff that I did yesterday, all the failures of my past, and you're still showing up for me today. You're still showing up for me because you already know who I was before I was even a thought in my mama and daddy's mind. You already had a plan for my life. And that plan is both universal in the kingdom of God and it's personal to you. There's two different purposes that you're going to live in your life. The kingdom dynamics where I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm, I'm destined for heaven. I mean, no weapon formed against me can prosper kind of talking and language and actions and all of that. But then there's also this personal purpose. And I tell you, the more I pursue my purpose, the more I get to know my creator. Because not always do you know when you're, when you're, when you're working towards a purpose in your life, how you're going to get there. How you're going to overcome the obstacles that are in your way as you begin your way. But I promise you, if you'll just stay in faith. And faith, I, you know, I, it, I'm going to really go deep into that at the men's conference. But, you know, faith is not just an idea. Faith is not just a, a hope, a fleeting, hey, I hope this happens for me. This is like, this is going to happen. And I believe that the actions in which I am doing are working in my behalf. That's what faith is. You see, faith is not fleeting. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. It is, I mean, I'm praying without ceasing, knowing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He always does because it's his, it's his nature, you see. He can't help himself. He can't help himself. God is love. He can't help himself. He cannot help. There's nothing more that he has in his nature to perform outside the boundaries of love. And so you are God's workmanship. You are. You are created in his image and in his likeness. Ephesians 1 Verse 3 through 11. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. Even before sin ever happened, guys. Listen, Jesus is the word. Jesus is what God used, the part of himself, to create everything you see and even things you can't see. He chose you in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And that is in spite of your sin. That is in spite of your failures. That is in spite of all the dumb, stupid, idiotic, moronic things that you've ever thought, that you've ever done, that you've ever think you're going to do. He still sees you as holy and without fault because he chose you in Christ before the sin ever occurred. God decided in advance to adopt us. Oh, man, I'm his son. You're his daughter. You're his son. Into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now, through Jesus Christ means the finished work of Christ. He overcame the power and the influence of sin. He did not overcome sin. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sinning. Otherwise, you'd have a way to never, ever sin. Did anybody sin today? Yeah, come on now. You may not know what you did. I mean, there's sins you've committed that you don't even know you committed. Anything that falls short of the glory of God is sin. It's counted as sin. And says this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure to do so. You see, you bring great pleasure to your father just the way you are. He ain't done with you yet. He, he doesn't want you to just kick your feet up and just be an idiot and a moron your whole life. No, he doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to grow in him. He wants you to know him the way he knows you. He wants that for you. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us. You ever been poured out on? You ever seen a football game and they won the game and the team comes up behind the head coach and they dump the, the Gatorade all the way down his back? That's what grace is doing to you every day. Just drenching you with grace. You see, your best, and trust me, your best is nowhere near what God's best is. But your best, you honestly finishing a task, a day, whatever, a week, a year, you doing your best will institute the grace of God in your life to pick up the rest. All the, the, the little pieces that were missing, all the little things that you did that you shouldn't have done, all of that stuff. But praise the Lord, I can stand up before God today and I can tell you I did exactly what I knew to do today and I did it as under the Lord. And you know what? Man, it was a messed up day and it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. But praise the Lord, all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. Praise the Lord. It's happening for me. I believe the actions that I'm making out of the goodness of my own heart to, to make meaning 
worth living in my life that that was all I was required to do. God will provide the rest. God will provide the rest. And so that grace has been poured out on you. It says he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son. And he forgave all of our sins. He has showered us with kindness on us, along with all wisdom. And he's given you all that he knows for whatever. Listen, you don't know everything. But here's what I do know. That if I will ask and pray that God will give me the wisdom, the insight, the resources. He'll give me all of those things. So you've got to understand, through Christ, you actually have the wisdom of God in operation in your life. You know you have, well, let me put it this way. You have the ability to know everything you need to know as it pertains to your life. You do. You can ask God, and he will give you what you ask for. It says, God has now revealed us to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Now, I can imagine when this was written is like, you know, only the Jews could be, you know, know God, right? So here you've got him, and he's writing this, this, this scripture here, and he's got to be going like, well, this is a mysterious thing. This isn't something I can hand you. This is something you've got to receive by faith to believe that what I'm telling you is the truth that will make you free. It says, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven, everything on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. I don't care what they put on the news. I don't care what the economy has to say. I don't care about any of that stuff. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And they may not have any idea about that just yet. Even the church, the modern-day church, may have no idea just yet about what's to be revealed, but I promise you, it's going to shake everything up. It is going to renew us back to, I believe, even better than what Adam and Eve were. I believe Adam and Eve were just the beginning of what could have become possible as they continued to multiply and subdue the earth with people like us that were all in accordance with the will of God. I cannot even begin to fathom where we would be as a society in this moment had Adam and Eve never fallen short of the glory of God. Because what I know about God and how he works is when you get more than one person in agreement, and then that two becomes four, and that four becomes eight, and you get into the billions of people and the synergy that would have been created out of that thing, I'm telling you, this would be beyond paradise. We would have no suffering, no disease. We would have no lack of any kind. We would have technology. Who knows where technology could have gone in our future? Who knows why all these planets are, are out there and whether or not we would ever be able to, to inhabit those places and continue to expand out of the earth? I have no idea. I don't claim to know. All I do know is it goes beyond anything I could ask with my mouth or think in my brain. 
and it's all according to God's plan. 1 John 3, uh, 1, it says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are! Exclamation point. That's just what I am. And some of you just got to get up in the morning and say, I am a child of God! Exclamation point. Instead of getting up and going, oh my gosh, I got to do this again. Oh my goodness. Oh, I cannot wait for the weekend. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Oh, this is going to be terrible today. I don't know how I'm going to deal with everything I got. You see what I'm talking about? God values you. You're a child of God. Get up in the morning, have a pep in your step, a glide in your stride. Have a sense of purpose about your life. Get out there and make it happen in the face of every adversity you're ever going to face, knowing that God is not only with you, but he's in you. The hope of glory is in you, is empowering you. But if you are double-minded in how you're going about your life, I'm telling you, you're not going to accomplish anything in your life. Again, faith is believing that what I'm doing is working. Faith without works is, it's dead, it's cursed. I love that. And that is what I am, a child of God. It's powerful. Hebrews eleven six, And it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Sincerely seeking, man, means you're getting up in the morning and you're saying, you know what? I am a powerhouse for God. I am a powerhouse for God. And I am not going to allow what's out there to influence what's in here. I'm going to allow what's in here to influence what's out there. And I'm not, I, I, listen, you can say, oh, you know, but, you know, Pastor Paul, we got to be humble and we got to be all this stuff. Listen, do you know what the word humble means? It means dunamis power under God's control. It just means that you are all, I mean, God's given you everything that Jesus is. Greater things are you going to do than Christ did and so on and so forth. So that dunamis power is there, but it's not for you to use the way you would will it to be used. It's to be used the way God wills it to be used. And so as you're out there doing what God has called you to do, you've got to believe, you've got to have the faith that 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 work is is. I mean, drawing to you everything you need. And what you really got to do beyond that is you got to recognize that it's there when it comes. Know how to organize those things. Know how to act with those things. Know how to use what God has given to you as a tool, as an instrument, and being a good steward over those things so that God can bless your hands. Listen, there's no point in God bringing us things and doing things for us if we're not going to use wisdom. My wife did a great job. I Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. She taught me everything I know. She did, literally. But you got to apply wisdom to what God is going to give to you. 
Otherwise, you'll squander it. Otherwise, you'll, you'll use it in your own way and you'll never organize the assets that God is bringing into your life in a way that you can actually do something of great influence in the earth. I believe someday this guy is going to get to heaven and I'm going to look at all the resources that God provided to me and I'm going to go, I could have had a V8. <laughs> like, Wow. Wow, I was a horrible steward. You know, as compared to, I'm just saying, all the abundance that would come to us within our grasp that if we would develop the, the godly disciplines out of the Word of God to manage those things, I'm telling you, man, you could turn the whole world upside down. You'd make Bill Gates look like a, a, a guy living under a bridge somewhere. Seriously. Because you would know how to manage the things that God would give to you. 1 Peter 2, 5 through 10. It says, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You are. You are that. What's more, you are his holy priest. Oh, come on now. Holy priests? Yeah, you are. And he's talking to Gentiles, by the way, as he's, as he's writing this. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ. So you're not just a priest, a holy priest, but you are a, a, a holy priest through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. You do. The, the example with the Sage family. You know, I know the details about the sister and all this stuff. This was not a, a simple, hey, pray, pray the prayer and let's let's get saved this was a i mean an orchestration of god and god used her but you've got to understand that those spiritual sacrifices that you're making that are contributing to those kinds of outcomes in your life i'm telling you that pleases god do you realize that there was hundreds of millions and angel of angels in heaven that rejoiced the moment that 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 person received jesus christ and then that happened again with the friend and do you realize that each of them have seven people that they you see what i'm talking about in a lifetime you can have influence at a minimum of 1000 people but two 10000 and you start doing the multiplication on that thing, you're talking about taking over the world for Christ very, very quickly. Certainly within a generation. You turn the whole world upside down. But those spiritual sacrifices please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Anyone who will trust in Christ, the cornerstone of this temple, will never be disgraced, ever. It's powerful. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given to him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble. Now, you got to hear this. The rock that makes them to fall. But they stumble because they do not obey or trust God's word. You see, Jesus made a way where there seems to be no way. But he's also there to say, it's my nature to only do it this way. 
And so if you're finding yourself tripping up, if you're finding yourself not able to overcome, you've got to go back to the Word of God. You've got to study it for what it says for yourself. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you, say I, am not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation. God's very own possession. Think of the most precious thing that you own in your life. And how much you enjoy that thing or how much you protect that thing or whatever that thing is. I promise you, whatever that thing is, nothing compared to the way God views you. You are his prized possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into a wonderful light. Once you had, once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. You received no mercy. Now you have received Not just mercy, as a judge could give you or a police officer or somebody of authority, but but, um, have received God's mercy, which means man could judge you up, right, down, side, the other, and the whole thing. But God's mercy, I mean, is attached to you. It's poured out over your life. It's like an anointing that's all over your life that I'm telling you, you'll, it'll be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going in the fire, but you're going to come out and you aren't even going to have any of your clothes burned. You aren't even going to have the smell of smoke on your clothing because of this covering that you have Because you're his possession. Wow. Any chance of someone that you don't know walking through your front door and just walking into your refrigerator and taking your stuff? Uh, Heck no. 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 (laughs) It ain't going to happen. But that food in that refrigerator isn't that valuable. But your home, your dwelling place, catches by revelation... Your dwelling place, man, ain't no, I wouldn't care what they were coming in here for. You come into my house unannounced, we are going to have a confrontation. Listen to this. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of God. I'm telling you, God is your protector. He ain't going to let any harm come to his dwelling place. I'm telling you, he loves you. Man, he loves you. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight. Wow. Let that sink in. You have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have, not will have, we have peace with God. Because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Because our faith, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place 
of undeserved privilege. Now, I don't know what your thoughts are about privileges, but privileges are really, really good things. But he's given you the right for undeserved privilege where we now stand, wherever you are in your life right now, wherever you are in your life right now. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing. Now, this blows my mind. That here you have a creator that created us, and he says, I want to share my glory with you. This is, this is unusual. This, this, this is overwhelming. This, this gets you out of your head and into your life and go, my goodness, God has given me every possible thing that I could ever need. And all I got to do is have faith, which just means I just have to believe that what I'm doing in accordance with God's will and his word in my life and all of that, his peace, Right? Right standing with him. Undeserved privilege. Now, if I'm privileged, that means I'm getting stuff that maybe someone else ain't going to get because they're not operating under the grace of God, the love of God. They have not received Christ as their Lord and Savior. You see, we as the body of Christ should be different than the rest of the world. The statistics inside the kingdom of God should be different than the ones outside the kingdom of God. Yeah, they should. We should be healthier. We should have marriages that last for a lifetime. I mean, we, on and on this list goes. The statistics in the church should be vastly different than the statistics in the world. And all we really need to do is awaken to the idea that God really does value me and he really has given me all of these things and if he's given me these things, then I should act in accordance with the gift. As if it is already complete. Ephesians 2, 3 through 10. Man, this is good. By our very nature. So our nature now, right? Are we the scorpion or the frog, right? By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, right? So our nature is to just keep doing stupid stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Get on the, the dumb merry-go-round where you keep making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Paul talked about that, didn't he? He said, the very thing that I know not to do, I keep doing. This is the apostle of all apostles. And all he could say was, is something about my nature has gone really wrong. But I don't focus on that. I press on to the high call of God. You see what I'm saying? But it says, but God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we are dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he has seated us with him in heavenly realms. You, what, you got to catch that by revelation. Anybody seated in heaven right now? You been there? You sat there next to Christ? No, what he's talking about is you can be at rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
you are seated with him. You are at rest with him in the finished work. Because we are united with Jesus Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. It means like he's, he's, he's not forcing it, but he's just saying it's constantly coming. You're never going to stop it. It's an endless fountain. As shown in all he does for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God has saved you by grace, period. Period. When you believed. And you can't take credit for any of it. You cannot. I'm telling you, if you could really start to expand your mind, you'll start to realize there are so many things happening in the supernatural that we're completely unaware of. Completely unaware of. And yet you are a beneficiary of that supernatural work that continues to happen on your behalf. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. So none of us can boast about it. Next scripture, greatest all time. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us afresh and anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. This world needs Christ. The modern day church needs Christ. Not not just to get you to heaven. I'm talking about Christ, the fullness of who he is and what he accomplished so that you could step out by faith, not having the 14 point, you know, plan how you're going to go from A to B, but stepping out by faith and believing that God is going to meet me every step of the way and that I am going to accomplish that which God has sent me foreordained me to do. And so, sometimes you got to just start with whatever you got in your hand. Some of you are waiting for permission to do something for God. He's already given you the permission. He's already given you the power. He's already accomplished everything that you're going to have need of. All he wants you to do is get out by faith, get out of your comfort zone, quit trying to put him in a box to say, well, you're just this way in my life, God. And when I need you, I can get you. And there you are. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you fit in this nice box for me. And we all do that to some extent, I'm telling you. We all do. But the moment we can go back to the Word of God and really say, do I possess the peace of God? Do I possess the joy of God? Do I possess the confidence and the trust I need to have in God every step along the way? Do I believe that what I'm doing every single day is going to contribute to what I desire for it to do and that God is going to bring those things into my life supernaturally and that I'm going to know what to do at the right time with the resources that he brings into my life and I'm not going to get distracted by all the other stupid stuff. I, I would say about a year and a half ago, stopped watching news. Greatest thing I ever did in my whole life other than having my sons getting married and giving my life to Jesus Christ. 
that stuff is poisonous. It, it, it has nothing to do with God's will. We should not be distracted by all the problems and put all of our focus on the problems of the world. We should walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Just, just walk. Don't, I, I, I get the opportunity to work with lots of patients at the clinic, and they'll come in and they'll tell me about what's going on in their life and how negative they feel and all this, and don't you know about what Donald Trump did, and don't you know about what Pelosi did, and don't you know? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. Well, let me tell you. No, no, please don't. Please don't. I mean, things about me you don't know, but like when I tithe, I tithe on my gross, not my net. You know why I do that? Because I want the money that I'm putting into the government to be seed into that government that will produce a harvest in that government. I don't mess around with the resources in my life. I don't. I'm not concerned about the economy. I'm not concerned about the, all the negative stuff that goes on in the world. I'm concerned with the affairs of my life, my family, my church, and my purpose. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's where I draw my lines. I also don't go willy-nilly giving my money to people on TV. And, and I don't, I don't want to, if that's what God's put on your heart to do, then do it. But I'm also going to tell you that you're to bring the tithe into the storehouse. Just because someone says something in Jesus' name does not mean that you need to sow into that thing. Pastor Barb's going to get the service back Sunday, so I, I just blow in, blow up, and blow out. And you you got to have purpose in your life. you got to know what you're going to stand up for. you got to know what God has called you to do and why. And then do it with all your heart. Don't worry about what everybody else in the world is going to do. My anthem scripture. When I got saved, man, this, 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 this changed everything for me. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And I know that God causes everything to work together for my good because I love God and I am called according to His purpose for me. For God knew me in advance, and he chose me to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many, many other brothers and sisters out there. And having chosen me, he called me to come to him. And having called me, he gave me right standing with himself. And having given me right standing, he gave me his glory you got to personalize that scripture in your life. Because what he did for that person or this person or that group or whatever, he's done it for you. He's done it for you. Second Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. 
Since we believe that Christ died for all, I mean the worst, horrible, rotten person you've ever met or maybe people you haven't even met, died for that person. We also believe that we all have died uh, to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. And when you're talking about live for Christ, live for Christ in what he stands for. All the benefits that I've been talking to you about all night. Who died and was raised, from, uh, raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a brand new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. A freebie who brought us back to himself through Jesus Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So many people are so sin conscious that you can't really get out there and do things by faith because you don't think you're qualified. It's not by your works. Do you need to clean up your life? Absolutely clean up your life. But for heaven's sakes, don't disqualify you from all the other benefits that Christ has done for you. And he has given, gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You are reconciled. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you. Do people know you by Christ? Do people know that you're a Christian in all the walks of life that you have? I lead with that in my life. Anyone who is to know me knows that I am a Christian. Anybody. It wouldn't matter. I met with a man today I've only met one other time. And I said, and we were having a conversation. And I reminded him that I was a Christian. Why do you do that, Pastor Paul? Because I want to have the opportunity to minister to that man. He is lost and going to hell. He is living without the benefits that I'm talking about tonight. Anybody, it wouldn't matter who they were, they are going to know that I am a Christian. Because he makes his appeal through me and you. We speak of Christ when we plead, come back to God, he says. Come back to him. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Last scripture and I'm closing up. Greatest scripture known by every person on the planet. See it at every football game right there in the end zone. For this is how God loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That everyone who believes in him will never perish but have eternal life with him. This is the love of God towards humanity and towards you. Everybody bow your heads. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity, Lord God. 
to just be in your presence, to be coming together as the body of Christ. I thank you for our pastor. I thank you for our bishop. I thank you for all of the church leadership here. I thank you for every person here, Father God. I thank you that that our hearts are are fastened towards you, Lord God, in this fullness of who we are in Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord God, that you just resurrect these dead bones just as we sang tonight. Resurrect these dead bones. Remind us of how alive we truly are through Christ. Remind us of how valuable we are to you, God, and how you want us to be the vessel of your glory to be poured out upon this earth. Thank you for all the things that are laid up in heaven for us, Lord God. Thank you for all the resources you bring into our lives by faith, Lord God. Thank you that we're the influence in this world, Father God, that is shaping the kingdom of God here on this earth. I just honor you, God, because you honor me and you honor us. Some of you in this room need to get your heart right with God. You need to come to God. This is it, man. This is it. We're going to say a prayer here in a moment. You're going to repeat this prayer after me. You're going to confess your faith. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. Don't worry about any of that. You just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord in your life. And you will be saved. Say this prayer together with me right now. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer tonight, you're coming back to the Lord or you're coming to the Lord for the first time, just slip up your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Go ahead and put your hands down. Eyes open, looking around. God loves you with an everlasting life. Love, rather. Long day. (laughs) But he loves you unconditionally. Receive that love into your life and live as though it's real. And you will be amazed to see how quickly God can bring the resources into your life to cause you to become an influence for the kingdom of God. Hey, go get a friend. Bring them. Pastor Gloria and Bishop are going to be here on Sunday. I cannot wait. I feel like a little kid. It's going to be Christmas Day on Sunday. But get there. Come to both services. Pastor Gloria speaking in first service. Bishop speaking in in second service. I promise you they're going to be flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. You do not want to miss this. I promise you. Come to both services and you will be blessed. God bless you all and we will see you all on Sunday. God bless.